0: Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a pretty sweet episode today. What do we got going
1: on, Jake? We're going to be talking about, it's a history story, of course. And we're going to be talking about chicken and trucks. Chicken and trucks right i'm not sure exactly <laughs> what
0: that means i'm not sure where we're going with that that's but good. that sounds it'll right it'll be entertaining we've also got some news at the end of the episode some really some some really entertaining news some sad news as well um that we're going to be getting into yep. but in for us yes i we're going to luft
1: yes we are luft get luft
0: i'm i getting so a, still i went from a b minus to a d minus yeah. really really fast <laughs>
1: yeah last week uh pat long said uh you got a b minus I got a, on I your pronunciation b minus
0: that's a pity so i'm i got a i got a storyline ticket right which is
1: so to get entered into this show you have to basically submit your yeah, you have car to apply, almost to apply an yeah. application yep. and rather than just having like a regular entry in the car show there are also these storyline spots right yeah and so basically, so you it's were kind accepted of for the storyline spot, story spot versus
0: display spot versus just passenger spot which is kind of like on foot right so right. there's the three different levels so yeah i guess they my car's got a pretty cool story and and it may, I, honestly, I'm truly humbled, you know, considering some of the other cars that have been there. It right. makes me, I mean, it means a lot. It really, really does. Cool. It, it means a lot to me that um, what I've done with my car matters to people, you know, and you know, I always like, guys like I, like I say, I try to inspire people to travel and take the car and right. um, which is the title of my triple zero yep. piece yeah. that's out right now um, is take the car. And I really, really I'm humbled that they think that I'm, my car is cool enough and meaningful enough to be there right so i'm, I'm really excited about that so here's the thing i'm driving out because right. take the car i can't, you, you I, can't I can't
1: like ship the car out after i just had an article <laughs> out that says take the car so i'm taking the car yep. um and i'm gonna pick you up in denver, denver yes because i didn't want to take another day off work to suffer through the farm fields of the midwest yes yeah, so i'm gonna suffer through the farm
0: fields of the midwest for it's 15 hours to denver <laughs> and i'm picking you up at 7 30 in the morning for a plane ticket that i found for you that was how much it, thirty three dollars <laughs> thirty three dollars so thirty three dollars to fly from minneapolis to denver and i'm yep. picking you up um in At like 7
1: a.m or 7 something 30 is when denver. your flight
0: is scheduled to arrive right and then we've got eight hours and i'm going to take you through my favorite place to drive which okay. is utah so we're going to go through hotback ridge which was in dazil and i've you know it's the picture from our wall here at the studio yeah you know it's that it's a really cool
1: scenic road
0: i really want to take you there i really want you experience that and see it and uh and we're going to stay in a um we're gonna stay in. did you get a place at the one i told you to the i linked you and said buy one there's only one left did you you jake what I told you a book at this place. What place? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, your brain is a lot
1: going on up there. Empty
0: right now. No, there's a lot going on. Is the problem? Okay, so there was only one left. So hopefully it's there. But it's these little cabins where it's just like. It's like yours. Oh, it's like sweet. this Little tiny. It's like a little tiny house. And where basically. is this? Escalante, Utah, right, right on Highway Twelve. Okay. So we'll we'll fly out. You, I'll pick you up, or you'll fly out. I'll pick you up. We'll drive through all kinds of crazy stuff. Maybe yep. go through Zion National Park. Okay. And I'll show you Hogback Ridge. Yep. And then we're going to continue on and get to Los Angeles. Right. To Studio City area on
1: Thursday. Thursday afternoon.
0: Right. So I'm excited for that. So I may or may not have a place to sleep on Wednesday night in Escalante. Well. Book a place. Well, here's the thing is I usually don't mind sharing a room with people, uh-huh. but the other day you said you would snore horribly. I'll bring you earplugs. <laughs> <Nah, laughs> no, nope, I can't do it. Get your own room. If you're a, get your own room, I can't, I, I need my sleep. So we'll get up at like five o'clock in the morning, five 30 okay. before sunrise and head out. It'll be, it'll That'll be, be really beautiful. Cool. And, yeah, I, and I hope it's not cloudy. You know, I hope true. It's a, yeah,
1: that might make the, uh, the scenery a little less yeah. scenic. It'll be fine. It'll
0: be, I'm really excited to show it to you because it was such a meaningful place for me.
1: Yeah. I forgot to tell you though. So this $33 ticket from yeah. Minneapolis to Denver, I also upgraded to first class for $20. Is it
0: the real first class where you turn left to go into first class? I, or no, is I don't, it I don't think the plane is that big.
1: Okay. Uh, it's just like the first few rows, you know, where you have more leg room, you get a free drink. Just
0: what you need, Jake, more leg room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably wasted on me. It's 100% but, wasted hey, on me. I'll get you. a free drink at uh, 4 a.m. in the morning when I have to leave or whenever that is. Yeah, that's just what you need is getting a drink or a cocktail at four o'clock in
0: the morning so you arrive <laughs> to get into my car and you're like hey man i'm hung over and hung tired over and ready to go let's do it
1: so i'll leave yeah, that we'll
0: play it by ear i'll leave that up to you and, and then really driving, it'll be
1: nice because we won't i mean it's not like we have a tight tight schedule to get to luft we just have to be there just
0: have to be there on thursday right right at so we'll be there point. thursday afternoon whatever th- well probably thursday evening yeah so we don't have to rush it's like 15 hours to denver Yep. And then it's eight hours and or nine hours, and then eight hours or nine hours to yes. Los Angeles. So I'm going to suffer the first 15 hours straight deadhead long drive. Okay, we so just you talked about
1: last episode how I felt bad for you that you'd have to drive alone, and then you were like, "No, I enjoy driving alone." we like, do. "It's terrible that you think that way." So it honestly, it honestly doesn't
0: bother me. I'm just trying to make you feel
1: bad. Yeah, no, I don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be there. I got a uh, a storyline ticket for my car, so which I'll is be really cool. At the show and uh i'll probably be hanging around the triple zero booth as well and uh that's about that's about it that's about all that's going on what does
1: a storyline really mean with the show because i think that it
0: just we is haven't been before I and think you it, can
1: get in just as like a show car yep and storyline isn't like another level where you basically are featured
0: yeah i think it's kind of like that i think it's for cars or cars and people that have more interesting stories to go with their car a lot of people have like really nice cars that are significant but maybe they just
1: don't, right, they're just cars. So, like old race cars, sometimes get the storyline. I would, I would, th- I have not feature. been there. So I'm gonna. I'm this just will from be my what first read time. Last year, yeah. yeah.
0: I actually went back to look at their website so I could see exactly what it was. Yeah. But it's gone. So you can't. Oh, really? It's gone. Yeah. The the, the ticket page has disappeared completely. Application page. They're, they're sold out. Gone. Done. So I think. What so they, I really hope you actually did buy me a ticket. I did, and it's got my name on it, which is good. So do You know why they did this it's because people were scalping tickets oh so they were getting buying tickets and then reselling them for two to four hundred dollars or whatever whatever wow. it was way over face yeah, because value because
1: it said on the website like you need to present your photo id and it needs to match the name on the ticket no right. exception i
0: think the fact that they're both my right. name it'll be, be okay be fine. plus we're getting there early and my car's in the thing
1: yeah you know worst you've case scenario, to we just call patrick and yeah. be like hey
0: Please help. Yeah. Please help. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fine. And I'm really, really excited. So that's in, I'm leaving in early May, yep. in early May. So hopefully I think I get my car back next week. Do you? I think so. It's in assembly now. Well, like you this,
1: certainly don't want it back this week.
0: No, 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 we don't. It's, it's a, a blizzard. Blizzard. <laughs> it's it's snow,
1: yep. sleet,
0: yep. hail, rain, and lightning, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It is the biggest weather. Fuck you <laughs> ever because it was 70 degrees two days ago. Exactly. So it's so weird. Sorry for the profanity, but that's the only way to say it because that's exactly what it is. That's yeah, exactly what great. it is. Anyway,
1: so um, anything else going on with you? Well, since there's no rush to get our cars on the road, I was I've been working on my car a little bit. I told hey, you I just I rebuilt- got a,
0: a notification on my computer that says the bring a trailer list for that. Um, <laughs> that rabbit <laughs> is is up in half an hour. Okay, so tell us about this Rabbit. Okay, so this is a Rabbit GTI. It's like a a cashmere white with blue. Mark 1. Mark 1 GTI, Rabbit, Um, probably 83, 84, you know, whatever. I don't know what what year it is. Blue interior, which is cool. I mean, the red interior kind of sucks, especially, I just, I'm not, I don't like the red interior with the orange stripes. So they
1: did a gray as well.
0: Yeah, they did a silver. They're silver, black, red, white. Okay. And the blue interior is blue with like kind of like a red stripe down the seats. Yep stripes it's you'd have to look yeah, it's, it yeah
1: it's almost like a, a gradation yeah of it's like a gradient
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. for sure and this car is white with the blue which is super desirable or silver with blue is super desirable okay um at least in my opinion what i would want sure but i don't know that i would want it at what price this is so i put this thing up on our facebook page it says hey whoever's closest <laughs> it's like the price is right whoever's closest i'm going to send you a t-shirt and something else right that i'll figure out later and it's still later and i still haven't figured out what i'm going to send somebody but I'll, I'll make sure that it's neat and cool
1: yeah but, well, i mean maybe we just ask whoever wins like oh do you have a t-shirt from us do you want a t-shirt from us or what what else yeah
0: that's basically what we'll do and, I, and i'll send them something else as well for me um it's at
1: $18,000. Jeez. And how many miles are on this car? Like what makes 72,000 miles? I think so. Okay. It's just all here.
0: original. It has 75,000 miles shown cashmere white over midnight blue. 75,000.
1: Isn't like low, mileage it's, not though, low mileage. it's not low mileage at all. Not even close. Right. It's, so I don't get it.
0: it eight, $18,000 ends in 22 minutes. So I'll be watching this. And, and I'll, how
1: many of these old Mark ones have you owned over the years? <laughs> gti's a couple mark right. One twenty. 20 yeah right
0: like just tons obviously the gti is the, the one to have if you if you're looking to collect one of these things right but it's just, just it's ridiculous. got hr lowering spings bilstein dampers so nothing about it is original either uh well it's all original other than the, the suspension, suspension. I guess. okay
1: and honestly these photos suck <laughs> these are terrible photos i just well I, it's bring a trailer like we talked about before i mean that's just the phenomenon <laughs> anyways I, go check that out i have pictures of jess when she she had a
0: mark one gti with black with red interior okay. that she drove around when we were first dating i yep. bought it for her and she drove around it was 800 bucks <laughs> and it had no rust it was black clean yeah and she loved that car and i've got this picture of her looking all like like super young and hot and like <laughs> yeah and,
1: and uh
0: yeah, man. Yeah. did you ever
1: I, think it'd be worth eighteen grand someday, potentially?
0: Yeah, now I'm thinking I should have kept the car instead of the girl.
1: <laughs> 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 you know, whenever I make a joke like that, Nikki is sure to tell me, "Honey, I make way more money for you <laughs> than I'm worth otherwise." So yeah, well, we all have true. our we all have our things. Um, yeah. As far as what I've been doing, like I said, I, I was working through the carbs and I did new venturi's. Got finally the gaskets, put that back on. You have both kits now. Yep. You okay. So kits, yeah, because I had ordered one. Yeah, by you mistake. were half done. Right, and so I fired the car up. It actually runs really good right out of the box. Better. Yes. Just like with total guesses on the jet sizes, okay. To match, so what are you? Venturis. I don't remember
0: what are you trying to accomplish with the new carburetors, so it, or rebuilding them.
1: Yeah, it's basically what they called the sport kit back in That's the day right. that Stoddard right. sold. So it gets you another twenty-five horse. I find that ridiculously hard. Really These hard to believe. Engines were very detuned, though.
0: <sighs> well, they were probably detuned a little bit on purpose, right? I That's imagine. what I mean. But still, I'm like. 20 horsepower
1: out of just getting new well, and the muffler and so the kit consisted of the muffler the maturity open stack uh, like filter elements that i have the KN with the rain hats yeah and then also a seven thousand rpm uh rotor
0: so do you have the rotor
1: yeah mine doesn't have a limit
0: you need to put that on there
1: They didn't come from the it, factory it with matter. a limit.
0: get a it, so you can get like a i know the little, a centrifugal rotor right. that's what i have in my car that's right. how i blew up i have the a minarelli
1: rotor though so they're different than the bosch ones this year came with both Minarelli and Bosch, and I was going to just buy a whole new Bosch distributor. Where are,
0: what were you? Do you make Magneti Morelli? Yeah. What are you saying? You're saying Minelli? Morelli? Are you I putting those two together? Yep.
1: <laughs> just made up yep. words? Just making up words at <laughs> this point. Okay, Who cares?
0: fine. Well, as long as we know what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: so I got that. Uh, also, I uh, fixed up your bumpers that That's you right. gave me. So you have my front rear, and rear front and rear bumper rs bumpers and what color are they so you <laughs> gave them to me of course blue and they were they had like a crack on the front and the back was basically good to go um but i added some i fiberglassed in some different mounts because i didn't like how it mounted sure and i also it bugged me that the license plate mounted via the bottom two holes yeah and I that was it it was really weird so i drilled the top ones as well and put in some mounts but regardless i was like oh it's kind of cool having the different color bumpers it's a throwback to some of the like really early race cars where they basically just threw on whatever for lightweight and didn't care about you know sure. how it looks so some of these hot ride guys actually do this on purpose now run different colored bumpers and i while i don't love the look i thought well it's kind of cool for a just to bit. try it for a while yeah but since i was repairing the front bumper anyways i had to sand it down and prime it and work some fiberglass and bondo in there so i was at the uh auto parts store and i was like well i gotta i gotta spray it you know an orange or anything and i'm walking down the spray pan aisle chris and I'm like, gosh, it would be nice if I could just spray it where it matches. And I see Rustolium dark blue. Come on. You, you, know. Hold on. Hold on. And I'm like, three bucks. I just want to see. I just want to see. I take it. I spray it. The next morning I come out. I cannot tell where I spray it's, it's it. Al- it's it Albert blue. It is exactly Albert blue. <laughs> so I sprayed the whole front bumper in Rustolium blue. And I, you won't be able to tell. Well, you won't be able to tell until you get a bunch of rock chips and <laughs> the paint starts coming off. True. But I knew this was only going to be a temporary paint. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, that's what's going on with me.
0: So, I. the other thing is you're not talking about the uh, the trip to Chipotle that you make for your new engine grill. <laughs> Where you, you pulled it off the uh, the uh, the trim at Chipotle? Yeah, for your new what's right. up with going on there?
1: No, so I got my hot rod deck lid where I filled all the holes from the script and everything else, and I repaired it, and that's painted orange now to match the car. That's tangerine, okay. and then I wanted a different like hot rod. Type you
0: know what deck color you should have done for, for the a bumpers? Should have done like ivory, like light ivory, like a. Yeah, I think that would be better like than a creamsicle the blue. type yeah. of look. White ivory like is that. a Porsche color. It's yeah, like an off-white. That's what I would have done. The orange and Yellow white blue is cool because it's like it's
1: contrasting colors. Yeah,
0: plus our cars will be next to each other all right. the time, so that'll be yeah. kind of fun. I think like ivory would have been better but for that. Maybe but I'll, I'll paint anyway, them in a few. Your engine grill looks—it literally looks like something you would walk on. <laughs> It's just a bunch of holes, which we know you love things with holes. Yeah,
1: (laughs) there's a theme. So yeah, no, I I painted it black. And so it's just like a black mesh for... The engine lid
0: yeah i completely disapprove
1: of okay. this decision i think it's so gonna look it's gonna look great when it's on the car no it won't all right okay. so, uh, so let's get to chicken and trucks our future history story but before we get to that we need to talk about, say, we speed talk about holes we gotta talk about <laughs> our speed holes no our awesome sponsor renline we partnered with them to offer an exclusive I mean, before discount. you get too far i just want to say what you know
0: i make fun of renline yes. a lot right right i don't i'm not super into what they do but i really do appreciate that they went out a limb and support the podcast. Yes, they you know, do. And I, and I met them at the, uh, um, at the, at Rensport, the Rensport, in the media yeah. tent, right after I talked to Jackie X And I talked to them and they were super nice guys. Yeah, and, and I had a great time talking to them. And as much as I like to joke around about it, they're an American company. Yes. They, they don't, they're not a drop shipper. Like most, exactly. of, most of these companies are, they work their ass off to make as high quality mm-hmm. products as they can. And even though I'm not super into it, I really respect what they do and there's a lot of people that are into, into what's going on. So,
1: yeah. And you know, because of that, we support them. They support us. You can get an exclusive discount. You know, they're known for kind of their aluminum machine parts that come to mind. I'm actually, my next purchase from them, I think will be RS door cards because my door cards are really ratty and they offer that. So with that and all their products, like you said, they're extremely high quality. That's illustrated by the fact they guarantee every single product they create um, and they've been in business the last 20 years and have developed over 6000 products um like you said they're right here in Vermont And they basically aren't a distributor. We're in in Minnesota, Jake. We're not. They're over there in Vermont. What did I say right here? Right right here here. in country, though. Yes. Yeah. They're, you know, it's an American company. So check those guys out at Renline.com and use the code Overcrest to get 5% off your next order, along with free shipping on orders over $250. Cool. So let's talk about chickens and trucks. This is a topic (laughs) I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time, but before we get into it. I have a bit of a, a preface here, okay? okay. So Chris, you're always telling people to take the car. That's yeah. the name of your article that just came out. You yep. basically take the long road to explore, right? So bear with me, we're going to take the long road with this story. Okay. <clears throat> hey Chris. Yeah. Why did the chicken cross the road? Uh there's BECAUSE Uh. IT WASN'T ALLOWED TO BE SOLD IN EUROPE! THAT'S WHY! NO, THAT'S WHY, WHY DID THE CHICKEN CROSS THE POND? YEAH, EXACTLY, IT DIDN'T. OH, SO STICK WITH ME, LET'S START AT THE BEGINNING. BEFORE THE 20TH CENTURY, CHICKEN WASN'T NEARLY AS COMMON OF AN ITEM ON PEOPLE'S DINNER PLATES AS IT IS TODAY. CHICKEN WAS VERY MUCH A LUXURY ITEM, MOSTLY RESTRICTED TO THE WEALTHY. IN FACT, CHICKENS WEREN'T ORIGINALLY DOMESTICATED FOR FOOD AT ALL. INSTEAD, THEY WERE bred FOR SOMETHING A BIT MORE, UM, EXCITING? Chicken fighting, cockfighting. Yeah, that's right. And now a brief history of cockfighting. All right, let's have it. <laughs> According to most scholars, cockfighting dates back to 4,000 BC in Southeast I, Asia. I would think cockfighting
0: was this was the first guy that looked down and looked at us. I mean, that's probably the first time you ever
1: <laughs> different cockfight, Chris. I have not participated in that version. I don't know that you have, but okay. All right, so 4,000 BC, Southeast Asia with the particularly bloodthirsty ancestor of today's chicken gallus sonorati <laughs> Which may or may not be what it actually was. So cockfighting didn't catch on in the West, however, until the Greco-Persian War in the 5th century BC. According to legend, on his way to fight the Persians, the great Athenian general Thermostocles spied two chickens fighting on the side of the road and was suitably impressed. Quote, quote, <laughs> Behold, these do not fight for their household gods, for the monuments of their ancestors, for glory, for liberty, or the safety of their children, but only because one will not give way to the other. <laughs> I mean, I what a I, quote! I <laughs> you're
0: off to do battle, you see chickens, and you're like, this is inspiring. Well, I guess if you don't have an iPad, it looks inspiring <laughs> stuff up on YouTube. Seeing a couple chickens <laughs> scrabble in the dust but is yeah, probably, uh, a, probably pretty guess,
1: good. Interesting. Yeah. So, Europeans embraced the sport of cockfighting in the Dark Ages. In fact, Elizabeth the First, James the Second, Henry the Eighth, and Charles the Second are all reported to have enjoyed what was known as the Royal Pastime. Okay. And later, when America was colonized, Europeans brought the sport over with them. In fact, several founding fathers, including Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, were all known to have enjoyed competing in cockfighting matches. In fact, Rumor has it, Chris, that our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, earned the moniker Honest Abe because of his reputation for fairness in refereeing cockfights. Really? That's what they say. Come on. I That's what I read. So I, Abraham Lincoln is... I don't know if that's 100% true. Co- he's a cockref. He's a cockref. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him
0: standing there in his big ass hat?
1: <laughs> Just... Uh. How do you referee a cockfight, first of all? (laughs) What happens when it goes for below the belt? (laughs) Do you pull them apart? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you referee
0: a cockfight. Hey, Roger the cock. Let's let's keep it above the belt here, okay? All right.
1: Anyways, back to chickens and eventually trucks, I promise. So improvements in food storage, chicken breeding, which I don't know how you... improved chicken breeding, uh, and as well as the industrialization of poultry farming as a whole helped to bring chicken chicken consumption as a food into the mainstream in America. Okay. In fact, the U.S. began producing so much chicken that businesses started exporting it to Europe in massive quantities. So much so that by the early 1960s, half of the chicken in Europe was imported from the U.S. European farmers simply could not keep up with the lower prices of this American poultry. For instance, back in 1956, only 1% of imported chicken in West Germany came from the U.S. Meanwhile, only six years later, despite the expense of actually shipping the chicken from the U.S. over to Germany, American poultry made up over a quarter of all chicken in West Germany. And and was still sold for much less than local varieties. So this is post-World War II? Yeah, this is in. I the was early trying to 60s. figure out if this is why they
0: wanted to come after us. It's because we were sending them <laughs> so much chicken. A-
1: no, West Germany. So it's after okay the wall and the war and all that. So accusations against American poultry soon began to fly, ranging. Get it? Fly? Yeah, I get uh, it. Chickens can't fly. Chick- I know, but it was a pun regardless. <laughs> so, these accusations range from claims that American chicken farmers used arsenic in their chickens to French poultry farmers claiming that eating American chickens would have a negative effect on one's virility. Oh,
0: so you can't get it up if you eat right, American cock. so cocks.
1: stay away from... <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> actually we have that sound effect, Chris. I don't know. I don't no know where way. it is. There it is. Good. Good, 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 good. Okay. So, then in 1962, the European Economic Community instituted a tariff on imported chicken. Okay. Officially, the goal of the EEC was to help the European economy continue to recover after World War II, like you mentioned. However, the effects of the tariff were far-reaching and not at all in a good way. The US government actually spent 18 months trying to negotiate a repeal of the tariff. This tariff was such a big deal that the Chancellor of Germany at the time, Konrad Adenauer, later reported that despite the Cold War threat, you know, in full swing and getting very hot as opposed to being a Cold War, right. quote, about half of his many conversations with Kennedy we're about chickens.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: that's uh, all right. Senator J. William Fulbright of Arkansas even once interrupted a NATO meeting on nuclear armament, threatening to remove U.S. troops from NATO if the chicken sanctions weren't removed. Is this considered like the chicken tax? This is the chicken tax. Okay, all right. So the whole thing waged between allies in the Cold War ultimately became dubbed as the chicken war so this is why the
0: russians brought uh missiles to cuba it's it's all chickens it's all chickens
1: (laughs) i don't know if that's entirely true but uh and after diplomacy failed in retaliation president Lyndon b johnson signed a retaliatory tariff into law on december 4th 1963 it was as you alluded to aptly known as the chicken tax so the tariff targeted four things potato starch brandy Dextrin, which is another type of starch used in um, the manufacturing industry. Okay. And oddly enough, foreign built light trucks. Uh Uh-huh. Specifically, it forced companies importing the above items to pay the United States a whopping 25% tax on the cost of each of the goods.
0: So what you're actually saying is that they forced consumers to pay 25% more for the vehicle because... That's not how tariffs work no the country that doesn't just take it and just be like fine I'll pay those 20 no they pass that cost right on the consumer it's Which not, it, just you're
1: basically just trying to falsely align the markets so that your goods are much more um, I accessible guess, yes. yeah or cheaper so uh, as it turns out each of the four products taxed under the chicken tax were strategically targeted and when it came to trucks the reason was Volkswagen. This was the 60s after all. Along with peace, love, and Woodstock, the Volkswagen bus was ubiquitous around the country. The U.S. government claimed that the import cost of those vehicles from West Germany was equal to the loss of revenue for the poultry industry not being able to sell chickens there. So the Volkswagen bus was included on this chicken tax? Yes. Practically overnight, the once popular Volkswagen bus, which apparently was classified as a light truck, disappeared from car dealerships across America. After all, consumers simply weren't willing to pay a 25% premium resulting from the tariff. And as you might- Little did they know, there was going to be a 500% premium (laughs) once a bunch of idiots on bring a trailer got a hold of the stupid things. Yeah, good Jesus. So as you might have guessed though- Apparently if something is cool, we should call it the cool tariff. The cool tariff? The cool tariff. The bring a trailer tariff? Yeah, bring a tariff. (laughs) Bring a tariff. (laughs) All right, so it's not- All as, uh, I guess, simple on the surface as you might think. So as you could guess, politics, of course, had a role to play in the targeting of the light truck industry and Volkswagen. Recordings from his time in the White House later revealed an arrangement between President LBJ and Walter Reuther, the president of the United Auto Workers. In exchange for Johnson targeting Volkswagen, Ruther agreed to not call a strike of auto workers ahead of the nineteen sixty four presidential election. So they're basically making a deal under the table, say, Hey, we won't put this pressure on you with a strike of auto workers if you get these Volkswagens out of our country. Okay. The effect of the chicken tax were so what were they
0: what were they competing with? What was the Volkswagen bus competing with at the time? Like the Ford supervan or some yeah, stuff? Or, yep,
1: that's a good probably a good
0: Yeah, just ford wasn't it just like the chevy van yeah exactly there was, there's, there's like the like van
1: a, and all the other light trucks that they had like there's the chevy love i think it was called to was like the unibody for right. chevy in the 60s yep um the effect of the chicken tax though required automakers to do one of three things okay and it basically comes down to logic either you build the trucks here in the u.s to get around the law such as toyota nissan and honda did you ignore the domestic truck market entirely you just don't sell So what here. did the,
0: what did the the japanese do to get around the law do we know
1: they didn't get around it every japanese truck you can buy today is built in the united states that's what they did okay so they just built it here so you either build your trucks here in the u.s you ignore our market completely or you sidestep the definition of what a light truck actually is which brings us to the Subaru Brat. All right, I'm in. In the late 70s, Subaru, which was just gaining a foothold here in the U.S. Do
0: you know that a Subaru Brat is another bring a trailer oh, phenomenon? I'm sure it is. Oh, I'm sure Oh, I'm sure You can't even is. begin to get one. They yeah. used to be like five bucks and they were. Oh, here's yeah, the, dirt cheap. Here's the problem is that they all rusted badly. Badly. Yeah. They rusted. Re- like, I would love to have a, a Justy. Yeah, same thing. Oh, but they're all they're
1: destroyed. They're completely
0: destroyed and they're cool. And now they're a million dollars. Exactly. So
1: let's talk about the brand uh, in the late 70s. Subaru was just gaining a foothold in the U.S. And it was looking to enter the light truck market. The buy drive recreational all-terrain transporter was <laughs> better known by its acronym, of course, the Brat. Subaru was marketing it. I didn't know that a, stood for oh, something. Yeah. I thought oh, they yeah. were just trying to
0: use "brat" as like, like some sort hip. of marketing yeah, term. Yeah, no, the
1: by drive recreational all-terrain transporter.
0: By drive? All-wheel drive. I, you imagine them being like, okay, we want to call it a brat. Now come up with some words. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> or what can and we you make? And you have to what? translate because they're
1: in Japan. Keep in mind. Right, and their English is not usually <laughs> great. Yeah, uh, we'll leave it at that. So uh, it was... It was basically trying to come up and market it as a so-called coupe utility truck, which is similar to what the El Camino was. However, in order to get around the chicken tax, Subaru welded a pair of seats to the cargo bed, added carpeting, seat belts, and grab handles of questionable utility, and voila! We have no longer a truck, but under the law, a passenger vehicle, and therefore exempt from the 25% chicken tax. How long did that last for? Did they? I'll get to <laughs> I mean, that couldn't have lasted yeah, very long. I can wonder- just imagine
0: some bureaucracy politician be like, <laughs> <you get it.">
1: <laughs> <laughs> The wonderfully weird little truck came standard with a four-speed transmission and front-wheel drive, but if you spend a little more, you could get a three-speed auto and push-button all-wheel drive. The push one, button, push button, baby. It's that's electric. A, that's a pretty big deal. The 1.6 liter boxer four produced an astonishing 64 horsepower, but later models did offer a turbocharged version capable of a blistering 94 horsepower. Screaming. But it is basically a flat four, turbocharged, all-wheel drive. This is where the Impreza came from. They're they're cool. They're right? undeniably it's cool. It's basically no an early STI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the puny engine aside, though the Brat was a fairly capable rig. In fact, Ronald Reagan was said to have owned a Brat to use around his California ranch. Supposedly, though, Reagan avoided being seen driving the Japanese truck to maintain his purebred American image. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you wouldn't. You'd rather be seen riding a horse
0: right, than driving around than, than in a arriving Subaru. a Brat. Yeah.
1: So the Brat, however, wasn't the only quote loophole car to circumvent the chicken tax. This next example is far more recent, circa 2012. The Ford Transit Connect vans were manufactured in Turkey. And even though Ford is an American company, the tariff still applied since it was a foreign-built truck. So, Ford outfitted the vans with seats, glass windows, and seat belts in the back. They were then shipped to the US and passed through customs as passenger vehicles. And then they ripped the seats the and threw vans them in the vans then garbage. went to a dedicated <laughs> warehouse right off the port where local contractors removed the seats and windows from the back, transforming the Transit Connect into a cargo van as they were sold here. That's how stupid
0: politicians are well, that they don't understand exactly. the complexity and they don't understand the results of their actions so yeah even if you're going to punish your own like an american company exactly
1: it's just they just don't well, think things through. not only that chris this whole process was ridiculously wasteful it wasn't worth shipping these seats and glass back to turkey so they just destroyed them in an industrial shredder every single transit connect that came in basically you wasted four seats in the back and all the glass so stupid every single what a waste
0: work. just like all you know another wasteful thing off topic is all the jettas and golfs and everything that they just oh, crushed the diesel thing drilled holes in the bl- engine blocks and this ECUs. and what a waste what are you doing exactly What a waste of resources what a hypocritical nightmare exactly give me a break this is
1: supposed to be for no, you know the environment tell me something <laughs> tell me something funny jake well this isn't funny either the mercedes <laughs> sprinter van was also a loophole car and took a different route mercedes ships the vans to the states in a sort of kit form only partially built, making sure to leave the kit incomplete enough so that when it's assembled in the United States, just enough parts are purchased and added to circumvent the tariff. In the years since the chicken tax was formed, the taxes on potato, starch, brandy, and dextrin have all been repealed, but the tax on trucks remains to this day. Proponents claim the tax helps protect American companies and keep jobs in America, opponents note that the tax has insulated domestic truck manufacturers from competition for the last five decades that's kept prices high and created huge profit centers at chrysler ford and general motors
0: well at least you've got 500 different versions of
1: tailgates now that's innovation sweet yes it's also been suggested that not only would u.s consumers get a greater variety of trucks to pick from if the tariff was removed but the prices would also likely fall with increased competition there's a reason that ford does so well with the f-150 is because the profit margin is so much higher on that truck than even their passenger cars, right? Because they
0: don't really have to compete. But I'm, I'm, I imagine behind the curtain, there's a little bit of collusion between Ram oh, trucks, yeah, Chevy, just, Ford. I mean, it's a little bit of like, hey, well, whether
1: it's collusion, it's definitely lobbying, you know, the government to make sure this tariff doesn't go away,
0: right? Which is honestly, it's honestly too bad. And you know, with it the uh, circumventing the rules that the manufacturers did. They've always kind of done this. Look what they did with uh, with the TDI scandal, right? Okay. Circumventing the rules of the regulation. True. So, and just imagine all the new technology that's going to come out with electric and autonomous cars. How everybody's <laughs> going to? There's no regulation right now, but they're going to write something. Sure. And, and so, honestly, I think you know what? One person has died. One or two people. Okay. You know that that chick with the Volvo that was running across the street in the dark with her bike. Okay. She yep. was killed, and then I think there was someone else that died too. But. I would like to point out that there's really not much out there on the table for regulation. True, and seems to be going okay. I hope we. I think if you let the market just. It's not. Do what? you think if the market just goes like if you right. don't touch autonomous cars, electric cars, everything else, do you think it will pare itself down to its yes. own standard?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, I'm just curious what you would think of that. It no, just, I, it I seems mean, logical, right? I mean, it seems. Like that would be what would happen, but yeah, let the consumers basically dictate, but that's free market. Probably (laughs) as we're talking about tariffs, if anybody has listened to the podcast from the beginning, this is Jake is different now (laughs) than he was when we started this podcast. There's no way the word free market would have exited your mouth
1: a year ago. Come on. Ah, All right. Back to our tariff. The tariff remains today. And with it, a long list of trucks we can't purchase here in the States would you like to go through them chris these are some Uh, of the best trucks that we don't have number one they're not in any order the last one is the best though the volkswagen amarok yep this is a cool truck from volkswagen yeah small truck quality build quality build quality good build quality as we know in
0: mexico or brazil
1: yep i think you're right uh the next one is the venerable toyota hilux
0: yes Please, this is a I,
1: top gear the, favorite yeah right? the one
0: they took to the Arctic Circle.
1: yeah, not only that they've blown them up on a building and it still ran. Um, also ironically, while the. US did away with the Ford Ranger, it was still available abroad with and so it they they came back in the market just this year or next yeah. year I think with the Ranger but some of the diesel versions of the Ranger that were still available in the last few years abroad make a lot of sense in a truck as we just never had it because of that because right. they weren't built here in St. Paul anymore, right actually. Uh the legendary Mercedes-Benz Unimog is on this list. Yeah, boy. The reason cuz you could have bought a brand new Unimog off the showroom floor but not nope. with the tariff. Australians have all their awesome Holden Utes, right? If you thought the you El Camino those, no, was cool, them yes, via the 25-year gray law or whatever it is do you
0: have to pay the chicken tax on importing an old truck i don't think so probably not not a new
1: yeah sale but yeah if you liked uh, el caminos back in the day you got to look at what australia is doing with all their utes um they're basically like massive v8s in the front of a car with a truck bed so it's like a modern el camino it is basically a modern el camino but looking good and of course my favorite that we can't get here the land rover defender
0: yeah yep
1: Let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, there's for us no happy on, ending here.
0: Would would you own a defender? Do you think? 100 percent. What do they cost in England? How much are they?
1: I don't know, but they're not ex- they're they're not cheap to get here. I know. No, I know because you they're, can they're de- import them.
0: They're definitely not. Yeah, well, importing them, they're like. 60 60 thousand dollars 80 for an uh, old one for an old one yeah they're really yeah. really expensive
1: so that is the story of chickens and trucks <laughs> I, I had no idea where we were going with that in
0: the beginning but i i like there where it went all right well we're gonna take a little bit of a break and we'll be right back with some news and a listener question all right we are back um, before we get into a little bit of the news, we do have one of our Patreon members contacted us with, with a question about his his bug. That's um, right. So you can uh, get some questions to us if you'd like via patreon.com slash overcrest.
1: Right. And along with that, you also get exclusive content that we recorded. We have three episodes up currently, and we do one a month for patreon members only
0: yes that's the only way to get that plus if you uh go with the upper tier which is 10 bucks a month you get t-shirt as well and uh yeah so sign up on patreon.com slash overcrest and support the show uh we'd really really appreciate it all right go ahead with the uh so got uh,
1: robert burr has a question for us he says my 67 volkswagen beetle is struggling to get up to speed quickly and yes i do know that it's a beetle Uh, (laughs) but i've taken the carb off to rebuild it but it still acts like it's dumping more fuel than it should and like it's missing what do you guys recommend me trying getting a new carburetor or maybe new points plugs wires great podcast guys keep up the awesome work thank you robert so i think you have a couple issues going on here the fact that you say you think it's dumping more fuel i would first ask how do you know that yeah
0: are we checking plugs how do we know because right. if you rebuilt it i wouldn't think that was the case well, i would just move on to ignition after and that And i would but. make
1: sure that when you're rebuilding the carb you put in a new float needle right yeah because that it would cause and, dumping and fuel your float needs
0: to be set correctly yes that's if a big you part are of it. if it's set wrong and you have a, a bowl that's full of fuel and it's spilling over into your motor yep that
1: will be dumping that fuel, will be dumping <laughs> fuel so just
0: make sure all that stuff is correct and if
1: that is correct I would also and you you are sure that it is uh, getting more fuel than it needs I would also check your fuel pressure on those early Volkswagen motors they had a mechanical fuel pump driven right off of the crank and so there's actually different spacings of gas depending on how close it is to the block actually controls how much fuel pressure that pump pumps out.
0: Right. So if you have an old uh, needle and seat and you have a little bit too much fuel pressure, um, it will not stop dumping fuel into the bowl, which has negative effects for
1: sure. Absolutely. Um, I think the bigger issue here, the fact that you say it's missing, that immediately leads me to think it's electrical and ignition. And I think, you know, all the things you mentioned there points, plugs and wires, I think those are all easy things that you should do regardless. So I think change all your spark plugs, change your plug wires while you're there, and also do a new cap and rotor for your distributor. And this will cost you $12. Exactly. <laughs> Especially for an old Volkswagen yeah. Beetle. Um, and points I points are super cheap, and you can adjust those. The other thing you didn't mention that does need to be done on these engines is uh, adjusting the valve clearance. And this could actually potentially lead to not making enough power. So that's something you could also look at. Those are all easy things to go through. Well, sort of, but mostly. Well, Um, good luck, Robert. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, let us know how it goes. So
0: uh, we're going to get into a little bit of news. Now we have, we're going to start out with kind of the, you know, the important story that, you know, everybody's talking about today and probably we'll still be talking about tomorrow when the podcast comes out is the building next to the Ingram collection, which is a... Really big Porsche collection in um, Durham, North Carolina. Okay, um, I know Rory Ingram. I've hung out with him a bunch. He's a super nice guy. He's the one that takes care of the takes care of the collections. Really, really sad. I can imagine um, he's devastated. As many people that are associated with this are, and as right. a Porsche fan, I'm super sad too. Um, unfortunately, two people now I think have died, Is and it there's two seventeen people? injured. Seventeen
1: injured. Yeah, I, hear, yeah. I heard.
0: So I'll read a little bit of news here and then we'll get into, you know, some of the cars that they had there that we don't know the condition of. Shortly after 10 a.m. on Wednesday, firefighters began evacuating buildings after reports that nearby workers struck a gas line in the area. I read now that it was a two inch gas line. Wow. Which is serious. Um, Shortly thereafter, the explosion demolished a structure with it partially collapsed the building which housed the Porsche. So basically the roof on the on the side of that was attached to this other building was completely collapsed. The building where the explosion began had originally opened as a Studebaker dealership in 1928, becoming defunct shortly thereafter in the 30s. During the 40s, it became an auto supply facility until closing four decades later. Um, in 2015, the Ingram Collection was home to more than 80 extremely rare and important Porsches from modern 918 Spyder. Now, this 918 Spyder that they have is purple. It's like a paint to sample. Purple wow. 918. It's gorgeous yeah the third oldest porsche 356 in existence the collection truly had it all blah 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 no matter how extensive the collection may have been vehicles are replaceable and insurance will likely help make the collision whole again well that's you can't really do that for cars that are priceless right um you know it's one thing that these guys did and uh is they wanted to make sure stuff was really correct so there's a lot of rare parts in there i read that yeah a lot of rare cars now the some of the cars that they have, I mean, it's mostly street cars that they had in there. Okay. Um, I know that they have uh, a nine, 959 or two. They have an RS four liter in there, 550 mm-hmm. spider, 904, that purple 918. And uh, I also, they have a 996 GT3 RS. which Oh,
1: I, wow. Yeah. Which
0: I really, really want to drive one of those. I feel like that and the four liter are just agreed i I really desperately want to drive our friend Lewis
1: actually was able to drive he went out there and he drove
0: he drove that gt3rs oh it's this car yeah he went out there and and drove that car they've got you know they've got a lot of cars i can't get into all the cars that they have but you know it's 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 really really it's 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 sad you know it's truly sad to see that happen so it is um we'll we'll kind of peek and see what what goes on with these cars and what happens i'm sure everything will kind of develop as it goes you know it's a private collection so this isn't it's not a museum this is a private collection right so it's it you're not going to get much news no about what's going unless on with what cars tells. unless they choose to tell everybody right. and they have no obligation to right. so we'll we'll see what happens down the road what do we know what the building was that actually
1: exploded i know you were talking about the history it's there like a little a bit it's a big
0: brick building and was, was there anything in it were they
1: renovating it what was the I deal
0: don't, i don't remember what it was it's a see what since blah 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 it's a construction engineering firm oh okay precision company so it, so just, it's just yeah it was just offices or something okay. and But you look at the building and it's like, it's like brick walls and now there's nothing on the inside. Wow. So the brick walls are still there, but everything else just totally collapsed in on itself. Yeah. It's it's truly a scary situation. And I watched a video of what it was like from a traffic cam, like a mile away. And it's, it's like a mushroom cloud. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, it shakes. It's the camera was shaking and the trees shook and everything like that. I mean, it was a serious, serious explosion. So, um, you know, it's, you know, you hear, I was looking on Reddit a little bit and People are like, oh, man, it's they, the article is like all these cars lost. Mm-hmm. And then people are complaining, oh, well, there's two lives lost, too. And I think people rush to condemn people a little bit too fast okay. in this way. Because like, why are you talking about the cars? There's two people that are dead. Well, yeah. But A, I don't know those two people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm of course, they have families. They have lives. Right. They have. Um, and, it, and it's a tragedy every time someone dies. Yes. But I also see. And I'm not saying that I'm trying to be insensitive to the, the fact that people passed away because, because I'm not. I'm, I'm truly sad that, you know, two people lost their lives. But I think it's also important to remember that when you have cars that are really, really special and some of the cars in there were really, really special. Those are it's culture and art. Mm-hmm. And whenever culture and art is destroyed and not recoverable, that's a loss to humanity because you have mm-hmm. just think about what when we talk to Kip back in the day, or I talked to Kip, you know, he's talking about, I'm like, why did you get this Winston Churchill award? Mm -hmm. And basically it's because he's restoring human culture. Mm. And these cars and these machines are, are representations of someone's time, not only designing them, but restoring them. And when that's lost, their work is lost and the representation of themselves and large groups of people and, and a company that work towards X, whatever Mm -hmm. these cars are that's gone and that's really really sad um it may not obviously it's not quite as sad as someone a human being no i
1: I think a better way or more succinct way to say it is just you can appreciate the loss of the cars without belittling
0: the loss of life yeah and i think that's i mean people are just fighting like vehemently about no it's like you can you can be sad for everything all at the same time we're complex human beings um all right so on to the next story uh there's a there's a thief Okay. He was trying to steal a Volkswagen GTI. Now, I'm not sure why they chose a GTI for this, because okay. there's lots of other expensive cars out there that if I'm going to do what I'm about to tell you, <laughs> I would choose to do it, too, instead, because there's a lot of cars that are transported in this way.
1: Okay. Um, so at
0: least one wannabe car thief is currently at large after an attempt to steal a Volkswagen Golf GTI off of a freight train went wrong last germ in germany last week it's unclear whether the botched heist was carried out by a group of thieves or someone acting alone
1: so i have questions
0: yeah, I, i'm sure i will answer them but go ahead <laughs> Was the train
1: moving? Yes.
0: (laughs) Awesome. In any case, German police say the suspects were able to get the gray hot hatch off the car carrying the train by driving it off using a homemade ramp. Cops found the car wrecked and wedged between two guardrails that ran along the tracks (laughs) near Munich. Needless to say, the would-be carjackers didn't appear to think this through at all. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, police say the attempted train robbery caused thousands of euros in damage, Cops Mm -hmm. reportedly shut the train line down and dispatched a helicopter to search for them. Investigators are currently asking for anyone that saw them to let them know. (laughs) And honestly, a GTI? Are there photos of this? Like, I really want to see.
1: There are. There are, yeah. There's there's photos. You can can probably look up
0: train heist GTI.
1: I was going to say, did they just finish watching Fast and the Furious number five or whatever it was where Uh, they did this and thought, wait a minute. We can make this happen. We
0: need to make this happen. (laughs) Imagine when he was like sitting in the train, he's like,
1: all Here right, we man. go. Here we go. <laughs> and he just like
0: put it in DSG and drive, and just hit the gas, yeah, and did he got uh, stuck into a guardrail or something?
1: There's so a if photo. It's, okay, if it's transported by rail, I assume the keys are in it. I don't because I don't think you're going to be able to the hotwire keys are not, a modern GTI. Hmm. That's my question. Did he then just put it in neutral and like try to roll it off the train? I'm not sure. Hopefully they find them so we can get the answers that we need. I need to know these things, Chris. <laughs>
0: um, in Australia, uh-huh. uh, you know, have you seen the the gender reveals where somebody like has a box of sure. and you open
1: the box and like blue or pink balloons come out? Yes, and there's a funny story about exactly that. One of my wife's close friends they did a gender reveal and it went viral about a year or two ago. What was it? Because they did just the box with the balloons. Yeah, but the people at the balloon store didn't understand this concept, <laughs> so they opened the box and just random multicolored balloons came out. <laughs> well, and the disappointment on their faces, because of course they're filming this, was so great that you can search YouTube for failed gender reveal and this will come up.
0: That's the one it that came went up. viral. Well, yeah. you know, in today's society, you don't want to give people certain kinds of balloons. <laughs> the multicolored balloon is maybe right, what that- maybe it was that's, inclusive. That's what that child wants. Who are you to say <laughs> what that child wants, what gender that child is, that All child right. can make its own choice. Regardless, right. so
1: gender reveal. All right, so a soon-to-be
0: father reportedly had his Ford Falcon impound after doing a gender reveal burnout in his neighborhood in Sydney, <laughs> Australia, much to the displeasure of his neighbors and the local police department. Um, one expected couple uh, f- planned this gender reveal party, of which the focal point was a giant, raucous burnout using tires that generate a uh, colored smoke, okay. in this case, blue for a boy. Before the event, the couple dis- dis- uh, distributed notices of its plan to the neighbors through their mailboxes. You know, hey, we're going to be doing a burnout. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> that's the politest that burnout is.
0: ever <laughs> the west australian though at least reports the west australian okay. though at least one household either ignored or didn't read the note when the burnout occurred it filmed the event for social media where law enforcement eventually discovered it
1: wait so that's how this guy got in trouble is from a video not even like it yeah. wasn't the neighbor that no, called them the, him the at neighbor the time? filmed it
0: and basically Put it up on social media.
1: And then the cops after the fact.
0: Yes. Yes. Police paid the expecting couple a visit, and they didn't come empty-handed. Although it wasn't exactly gifts that they brought, they brought along a flatbed truck, which they used to tow the Falcon, uh, used for the burnout. According to news.com.au, police charged four family members, including the child's grandma... To be with crimes for which they have a court date set. The driver was reportedly issued two charges of aggravated burnouts. That's a charge? You can't do burnouts in Australia. Well, you can't here either, but you can't do anything in australia i was gonna say i'm glad
1: i don't live in australia yeah, I, aggravated burnout <laughs> first of all i'm just like this one that wouldn't fly here because that means they went after the fact of the right. crime and then towed it off of i assume like out of his driveway like private property. Seized it. yeah why how? I don't. Uh.
0: Law enforcement officials went on record to complain about the event's alleged dangers, insisting that the cameraman on the ground was at risk, uh-huh. seemingly forgetting that cars make noise and that they can. People can tell louder means closer. <laughs> Likewise, they claimed that onlookers behind a fence approximately 20 feet from the road were also in danger, uh-huh. despite burnouts traditionally being performed either stationary yeah. or at low speeds. Right. Quote he was invisible with the amount of smoke that was generated from the screeching of the tires said chief inspector dickface <laughs> of the traffic and highway patrol command if you do decide you need to tell the world of your child sex with a cloud of smoke be sure you cleared up by your neighbors blah 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 so yeah. i have two burnout
1: stories that this reminds me of okay neither of which i personally did but i remember we were in high school a bunch of us car guys were like sitting around in a parking lot and the one guy it was actually you would like this it was a nine it was a 928 okay So he's doing a big nasty burnout donuts in a parking lot and big cloud of smoke. Yeah. And probably about 10 minutes later, the the smoke is dissipated. Here comes a cop car and we're like, Oh geez, we're in trouble now. So we're all standing around. The cop gets out. He goes, so we got a complaint from one of the neighbors that you guys are doing burnouts. Well, they didn't put a letter in their mailbox. So no, obviously not. And so the cops goes, all right, which one of you was it? And the kid, he, he, Fesses up, he's like, it was me. None of these other guys did anything. It was all on me. And the cop looks at him and he goes, Was it cool? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Don't do it again. Yeah, no more (laughs) burnouts for you. That's awesome. The second burnout story I have is there's a little small town right by where I grew up called Burkhart. And in Burkhart, they had a car show every year. And for whatever reason, this was the place to do burnouts on the street. Like they would just shut down traffic and do burnouts and I don't know if the cops were there or the cops didn't mind or they just kind of let it slide, but it got to the point one year where it was so crazy that then they had motorcycles going out there and doing burnouts. Okay. Well, you don't realize this is right next to Willow River State Park where there's a giant cliff on the side of the road. Oh no. And there was a guy on a crotch rocket doing a burnout. He lets out the brake and goes headlong into the trees and barely avoids going off the cliff.
0: Oh, so i'm actually kind of sad he i thought the story was going to be him plummeting to his death off the cliff i'm i'm, I'm disappointed sorry. i mean yes he, yes he did we'll take artistic liberty
1: and then it blew up
0: yes okay. well, no. so I, I have not done a ton of burnouts Um i did a couple with you mm-hmm. with the with the c43 but uh i had a, a volkswagen rabbit pickup truck it was like the rustiest truck ever okay. the rustiest truck i mean the floors were you could like the carpets were just like drapes, basically on the on the <laughs> and I did a huge burn on that thing, and it filled the entire cab with smoke, and I couldn't breathe, and I had to get out in traffic, and like go. I was like waving my arm around as the smoke is like pouring out at like a green light, the turn green, and I'm just I like, can't even get back in because it's just smoke everywhere. The front I'm, wheel drive burnout. Yeah. So, um, good news, Jack. maybe if you're a fan of Top Gear, uh-huh. not Grand Tour, Top Gear, right? Um, Top Gear USA is going to Motor Trend. I read this, so Motor Trend has its own like. On-demand network? Right, Motor Trend on Demand. Um, so for more than a decade, we followed them around the world, Vietnam, the Mecca, whatever, and the Kalahari, blah, blah, blah. So um basically even more exciting than An all-new American version of Top Gear will debut this fall only on Motortrend.com. The celebration kicks off June 1st with a three-day mini-marathon of your favorite Top Gear episodes. Um, And the the coolest part is there's new episodes coming. Um, That's just the tip of the Reliant Robin Space Shuttle. You know what sucks (laughs) a little bit is that they, whenever they talk about how cool Top Gear is, Mm -hmm. they always talk about the old stuff that was cool. It's never like the newly created thing. That there's just really nothing to throw back to that's happened yet. But I'm still like, I like watching it because it's still pretty good. It's not what it was. I think the
1: grand tour this season is really good. It is excellent. It's really Really good.
0: good. Um, They're basically going to launch a Top Gear Tuesday in October. Okay. That's it. I'm so, not holding my breath. Yeah. Well, they're all, they'll also bring you a new best of Top Gear thematic compilation series with all your favorite races, project cars, challenges, and even more the blah, blah, blah. So that's, I mean, it's good news. I like car shows and sure. there's a, it's better than some of the other crap, which is, <laughs> look at this Camaro I found in my barn, which is, <laughs> or look at, I'm going to take this Ferrari and spit shine it and make 40 grand at the auction. Like, I don't like any of that stuff. Like Wayne Carini's show, what is it? Chasing classic cars. Kay. That show sucks. I can't stand that. You know who's cool? It's his mechanic. Okay. Have, have you seen this show? No. Okay. So he's got like this old dude mechanic that he's like, Hey, what's wrong with this car? And this old dude's like moving around slow, like fixing the car and everything like that. That guy is super cherry, but <laughs> the Wayne Carini show, I, I don't know Wayne Carini. So maybe he's a really nice guy, but, but I, I don't, I don't like the, Hey, I found a car at a bar and I'm going to flip it at, at uh, whatever. You come sure. auction and make yeah. a bunch of money. It's just the same thing repeated over and over and I over thought
1: again. You were going to, harp on the shows like gas monkey garage and those sorts of ones
0: you know that formula doesn't i don't even watch those because that formula bothers me so I, much yeah. i'm just not into it i just can't
1: we got a project car and it's super dramatic because we got to get it done right now and oh my goodness this broke and oh I my got goodness
0: 30 seconds to hone these pistons <laughs> it's like come on man what are you doing it's so you know i honestly i don't want to talk about it because it's yep. like projects i'm working on sort of so i can't really say but um <laughs> yeah so the top gears come back i like the fact that top gear is coming out because it's even as top gear usa it's still miles better than, than those shows than those shows sure. and the find found your car to barn shows which are it's just the same formula repeated over and over and over right. and over so this is actually they do unique adventures and new things each episode so even if it's not amazing it's still worth watching yeah so on that note we're gonna let you guys go you got anything else for us jake did we miss anything? i do not hop over on itunes leave us a five-star review and of course please share with your friends don't keep this to yourself yeah if we you appreciate like it, it yeah if you like this podcast they will too um, be a good friend
1: <laughs> and on that note thank you
0: guys yeah take, take care. care we'll see you next week